Hi, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Numbers. My name is Dave Bookbinder, and welcome to the show where we dig deeper to understand what really matters most in business. Today, we're going to be talking about building a great corporate culture, and I've got some unusual suspects here with me to talk about it. I've got uh, Neil Cooper and Roger Braunfeld from Royer Cooper, Cohen, and Braunfeld Law Firm. Unlikely people to be talking corporate culture. Guys, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Thanks, Thanks for you. having us. That's yeah, a pleasure. Before we jump into the topic of corporate culture, why don't you just tell the audience a little bit about your firm? I know you guys are both founding partners among the four. Yes, we were founded about 10 years ago. We have almost 65 lawyers. Uh, we're, we have three offices, Philadelphia, Conshohocken, and Manhattan. We mm -hmm. do a lot of transactions and deals. Uh, about half the firm is in our corporate and transactional group. And then we have a bunch of other practice areas, litigation, real estate, trust and estates, tax, employment, benefits, bankruptcy. So pretty broad for a, what some people look at as a boutique firm, other people look at as a larger firm. And right. we, we also do a fair amount of international. Yep. Intellectual property too. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of stuff that you expect from a law firm. But when you think about building great corporate culture, law firm doesn't immediately come to mind for a lot of folks. And I, I know that you're both really keen on empowering your people. What does that mean and how are you doing that? So on culture, I look at culture, we're a service firm and culture is our edge. You know, when I think about our culture, just to talk about culture, imagine a service firm where they're smart people. We'd like to think 90% of us come from big law, so that's supposed to say that we're smart. Um, we like each other, and we like our clients. I mean, how many service firms, let alone law firms, can say that? And we focus on that. When we hire people, we think, what's it going to be like to work for them one day? We don't believe in bosses. We believe in leaders, because bosses hold people back. And I think to the point of empowering, you have to set it up so that you lift people up. When you, when, I found that we all have our own jealousies, I guess, of people when people do great. But at the end of the day, when you're willing to push someone up, it um, doesn't matter who's tallest at the end of the day. You, you, everyone gets taller, and that's really what matters. What matters, is, in, in my view, is inspiring people. And when you inspire people, you get the best out of them. And we're trying to get the best out of people for our clients and for each other. So that's what we focus on. Yeah, and I can't keep emphasizing enough. It's most unusual for for a law firm where you know, it's a billable hours mindset. That's the business model. You know, I grew up in the accounting world and professional services and valuation consulting, also a billable hours model. And th there are so many service firms that don't fully appreciate that the assets do go home every night. Tell me, how did you guys come to this realization, if you will, that this is really what matters and this is going to be a key differentiator for your business? I would say, like from my perspective, we came to the realization when we came together, the four of us came together. It's not just about the four of us now, but I remember in the room where we came together, what we really wanted to achieve is we wanted to do really sophisticated stuff, but we wanted to enjoy working with each other. It was just that simple. And part of enjoying working with each other, enjoying the people outside of the firm you work with. And that, that's just how we started. I mean, how do you think that evolved into now we, we've actually defined it? Yeah, well, I think that there's a number of elements to that, Dave. One is that many of us were at other firms where you know, we got great training and, and interesting experience, but I think a lot of folks found 
you know, there are other ways to do things and maybe, maybe there's better and more personally rewarding ways to do things. So I think a lot of us were focused on what do we do to do that? And we try to be very intentional about thinking about that and finding ways to uh, make sure that people feel fulfilled in what they're doing and that they're being looked at as more than just, you know, a billable hour number. Uh, more than I mean, one account. thing I remember when we first started, one of our frustrations with we use recruiters like other firms do, the recruiters would say, oh, this is a lifestyle firm. We are not a lifestyle firm. But more importantly than that, we care about people's lives. So the moment that when, when we see someone working really hard, um, Neil and I and our other partners and colleagues our reaction is, are we going to burn that out or that person out? Are they happy? You know, with being in professional services, clients drive you a lot, but our biggest asset are the people we work with. And you have to care about them and be sensitive and listening. And I think COVID taught us all, because we didn't hear people, that we have to put effort into listening to people and putting systems in place so we can hear people, give avenues to hear them, or just say, Hey, how are you doing? Yeah. Like, we forget about that, you know, and it's really important. Yeah, Neil, you used an interesting mm -hmm. word, intentional. Mm -hmm. And when I've interviewed a number of CEOs and talking about how they've built great cultures, intentional is the word that I always hear, that they have to be intentional about it. They tell me it takes between 18 and 24 months before people understand that this is legit, that this is a real thing, that this isn't just another fad where oh, we're going to talk about great culture. So, have people resisted what you're doing in, in terms of either while you're there and implementing it or even just in terms of how you vet people in the hiring process to make sure that you're bringing in, call it right fit people for your culture? Yeah, well, we're, so when I talk about intentional, um, we've been intentional all along to try to get the, the culture right. Um, we've had to be, as Roger was alluding to, we've had to be even more intentional during the pandemic mm -hmm. because, you know, it's harder to do when you're not seeing somebody in the hallway every day or, you know, just popping your head into their office and things like that. Um, I think it's been very rewarding for us in the recruiting process because, and it's somewhat self-selecting, Dave, because we talk about our culture in interviews. Um, you know, Roger is a leading proponent of that, but we all do it. And we, you know, when we talk about our culture, I think people see what we're about and they hear, and they hear from all of us. You know, it's, we, we get that feedback. I've, I've heard, you know, this consistent, it's a little different from every partner or every attorney, but they hear something that's fairly consistent. And then they say, do I want to be part of that or not? And those that don't feel that or see that, you know, they drop out pretty quickly, which is, which is okay. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we'd rather them drop out of the interview process than, than come and be unhappy and, yeah. and, and not not be synergistic for what we're trying to do. Lots of times on the tail end of the interview process, like everyone's gone through, there are a lot of green lighting, and then I, then me and Neil will have conversations. At the end of whatever, I, I'm very excited, very bullish on our firm, obviously. I drink our own Kool-Aid. But one of the key questions that I ask at the end of an interview that I have with a potential candidate is, Oh, you talk to other people. You heard what I had to say. Are we all saying the same thing? Um, and and if not, I'd like to know that. You know, it's it's an important thing. And one thing that's really exciting about our firm, 
I don't think once I've heard that they, I go, they've always said, yeah, everyone's saying the same thing. And that's, it takes a lot of time and effort to do that. And it, then you realize it's authentic when people are saying the same thing. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Good. And it's, well, it's rewarding because when, you know, we're not in every interview and when we, I, and we're not necessarily doing coaching sessions saying this is what you say in an interview. We're, we're, we're letting people do what they do naturally, and and they're talking about this, you know, same or similar things that we talk about. And then when you hear that from candidates, you know, it, it says that says to me that we're doing something right about how we're approaching things. Yeah, for sure. The message is everybody's rowing in the same direction, and as my friends at BCAT would say, rowing in the right direction. Guys, for folks who are watching, listening, want to learn more about your firm or how they can be a part of this great culture, how can people connect with you? Well, they, our website, Dave, is at www.rccblaw.com. And I'm at ncooper at rccblaw.com. And Rogers. I'm at rbronfeld at rccblaw.com. And we can find you guys on LinkedIn as well. LinkedIn, we're on LinkedIn, yep. Exactly. This is a good spot for us to take a break. You guys sit tight. Uh, folks watching, listening at home, we'll be right back on Behind the Numbers after we pay a few bills here. Don't go anywhere. Aloha. Joe Silva here with Kakua Technologies. I'm excited to see you on Tuesdays on Morning Coffee for our tech tips. Lawyers get a bad rap. I'm Erin Bruschi, host of Legal Breakdown, where we dissect legal topics for the everyday viewer with a mix of interesting guests to talk about current events and hot legal topics. Let's work together to make the law accessible and relevant to everyone. Catch us every week on RVN Television. Yeah, welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and today we're talking about building a great corporate culture with a couple of attorneys, Roger Braunfeld and Neil Cooper. Guys, um, I want to continue on from where we left off before the break by talking about the impact of this great culture that you've developed on your clients. When you talk about mission and purpose and getting everyone aligned, all the data that I've researched and others um, indicate that when employees are bought in, they will go the extra mile. You'll get the discretionary effort. It'll be a great customer experience. Are you seeing that? We definitely see it. Uh, we, and we get that feedback from clients all the time. Uh, they like our, what our attorneys are doing for them. They, they like the opportunistic mindset that, that, that the attorneys come in with and the creativity. Uh, and you know, people are going the extra mile, and it's not just, Dave, in terms of working till 2 a.m. or 4 a.m. or whatever it is that you do at a, you know, mega firm. It's, it's thinking outside the box. It's coming up with solutions. Uh, you know, a lot of times, I, I say this a lot, everybody says it a little differently, but a lot of times attorneys are coming up with 50 problems for every solution. You know, we're trying to come up with 50 solutions for every problem. So... I think our attorneys think like that. And, you know, I think that's a differentiator, and I think the clients see it and they like it. 
Yeah. My right. biggest tell of I find our clients and our key relationships, because a lot of key relationships are like clients, they're our best salespeople. Uh, they're also the best people. Like we've recruited people because of them. That's that's the best tell if you're if it's kind of following through. Our clients are our shareholders. Our clients are investors. That's how I look at them. And if you start thinking about that mindset, they're part of this whole ecosystem, um, and we want them to be part of it. We are, we might just be lawyers, but we're way more. We we're a key business advisor to help these businesses and individuals grow. Yeah, you guys get it for sure. Neil, you mentioned something I jotted down that your team comes in with an opportunistic mindset. Can you explain that? What does that mean? Yeah, maybe opportunistic was not the right word, but opportunities. They're looking for opportunities, right? So, And they look at each situation as an opportunity. Um, so it's, it's broader than just what is the legal advice that I can give here. Obviously, that's where we start because we're a law firm and we, we feel like we're a great law firm. And we, you know, it's it's the blocking and tackling that we do on the legal side. But, but way beyond that, we're looking at what is the client trying to accomplish here, and how can we help them? And we're thinking about, you know, financing, uh, partnering arrangements, uh, people. Um, you know, are they are they in the right market? Could they could they expand to another market? Is there another way to do it? Um, so we're, we're, we're looking at what do they need as a business or what do they need as an individual or what do they need as a family uh, to, to try to figure out a, a different kind of solution for them or multiple solutions. And I think our people do that. I mean, I think people talk about picks and shovels of any industry. A law firm is a pick and shovel of every industry. So when I meet with somebody and this permeates through the firm, it's not just me, I focus on the opportunity. I, we just so happen to have a service that every opportunity needs. That being said, if you're trying to sell someone legal services, it's, if you say, I'm great at X, Y, Z, people turn off. But if you say, okay, I'm working on this opportunity, and you're helpful to that opportunity, you listen, and you bring your know-how, it's people love that and you have to be authentic about it when you do it but it leads to a lot of great stuff I think that's a key word actually listen right listen to what your clients are saying and try to understand what they're trying to do what what yeah just kidding yeah, <laughs> yeah. no I think if you know a lot of a lot of lawyers I think don't really listen right because they want to come in and impart their knowledge or their expertise or their experience and they're not looking to understand what the client is looking to do. Uh, they're 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 just trying to impart their wisdom, uh, which you know has a role. But uh, you know that's that it that that puts a limit on things. Yeah. So. The the other thing I just would add, culturally, we know what it's like to take risk. We started a firm. We started other businesses together too. We don't. The client takes the risk, but we know what it's like culturally to be like the client because there, how many times have you sat in a room where they're saying, oh, I'm stressing about making payroll or doing all these things? I'm like, gee, I know what that's like. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, absolutely. We, we're, we're, we're entrepreneurs. We have our own business. And on top of that, we also, many of us have been general counsels or in-house counsel of companies. So we actually literally have been the yeah. client where we're hiring lawyers, uh, you know, outside, uh, outside attorneys. And then what I think about and I, what, I, what I think a lot of our folks think about is what would it be like in the client's shoes to hire us and have us do this? And 
what would the, how will the client react when I send them this bill? Because I've been the client, right? right. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Roger, you alluded to something that I would call creating brand evangelists when you talk about your employees that buy in and they're your best recruiting tools. So when you think about the ROI on this culture that you created, obviously the ability to recruit is key, so the hiring component. What other things are you seeing in terms of the ROI? I, I imagine retention is probably pretty good. Yeah, and creativity. When, people, when, when, you, when you don't have a no, like so I t we talk to people, we have a yes culture. Um, when, when people know they can come to you with ideas and there's a safe place and you might even be helpful, most of the time people come to you with ideas, we don't do them, but we think about them, we talk about them, they learn the process and uh, they're all opportunities and you, you don't want to stifle creativity. You want to, you know, you find creativity by being open and listening and not shutting people down, not being demeaning to them. Um, that's, I see a huge ROI. We get into practice areas. We find business opportunities because we're willing to listen and we're open to hearing things that you might not agree with or you might not want to do, but eventually you get to a point and they'll learn the process and you find opportunities. I'll just talk about a couple numbers real briefly, Dave. Yeah. We, we started with eight attorneys. We now have mid-60s attorneys, mm -hmm. so we're 8x on that in 10 years. Revenue-wise, we're 10x. So... You know, it's, it's, you can see the results in the numbers, uh, even though we're not focusing on the numbers first in the same way that, you know, the AMLAW 200 is focusing on numbers and they're, they're almost like public companies because yeah. they're, they're reporting their numbers. And we, 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 the numbers are important to us, of course, but we're looking at them, you know, as sort of a measure of how successful are we in talking about our culture and having people think about and absorb our culture. So. Yeah, now, this, this warms my heart because, yeah. as you guys know, I, I write about it and uh, and talk about it a lot. The value that people contribute to a business, and when I get this kind of feedback, the data, the material uh, impact on it from real live entrepreneurs that are living it, um, it just warms my heart. So thanks for sharing all that. One thing I'd add yeah. too, not to cut you off, but when I advise counts like. To, like my clients or key relationships, and there lots of times they'll be complaining about something. Ninety nine point nine percent, the root of that complaint is people. You know, so like that's something. Like, and I go, well, you should. It comes out, you should change that person. You should fix, coach that person. And so you just got to focus on the people. They're everything. Yeah, and, and you mentioned the word authenticity, being authentic as you're communicating, and that's a word I hear a lot from folks who are creating great cultures and just general in terms of leadership, being authentic. What does that mean to you and how are you communicating authentically to your clients about what you've built and why that's going to benefit them? Well, look, I'm being authentic right yeah, now, aren't I? <laughs> um, I, 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 I think part of it is you get what you give or you give what you get. If I want you to be authentic and you want to open up to me, don't I have to open up to you? You know, so I think that's a very key thing that a lot of times people are closed. So how's that? If you're like this with someone, how are they going to open up to you? I can solve most problems if I actually know what it is. <laughs> I would say the other, another thing about that is, though, we're not telling people you have to be exactly like this or exactly like that. Right. So, you know, Roger comes in and he's wearing his his, his uh, outlaw T-shirt. But, you know, I'm wearing my jacket and right. you know, we all have different styles and. We give people within, you know, within some very wide boundaries, we give them a lot of latitude to... We'd like them to shower every day. Yeah, yeah that would right. be nice. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would hope so, there, yeah. There's always some exception to that, but yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. No, so. but authenticity is really important. I think it's something that a lot of people, like I find it very interesting. There are certain groups of people that always criticize how I am, like with because I'm very dressed down and stuff like that. But they don't realize they're telling me something about them when when they do that, um, for good or for bad. But it does tell me something. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about the younger employees as they're coming into the firm and you're molding them into this corporate culture. What's that like? What are the challenges that you're experiencing in working with the younger practitioners? Yeah, well, certainly right off the top is the pandemic. Uh, that's been a that's you know a challenge for everybody, right? Um, and you know, people are are uh, you know during all, throughout different fa- there are different phases throughout, right? So I don't want to take public transportation, or I. Um, you know, I'd prefer to work from home, and, and these are things that we think about, and these are, you know, frankly, challenges to the culture, right? Because part of the culture is about being together and interacting and interacting in a, in a way that you can't necessarily plan all the time. Um, so that's one thing. Um, as we've, we have uh, started to r- recruit more people uh, that are, you know, sort of out of law school more recently, um, and so, you know, that will filter through the system for us because we're a 10-year-old law firm. And, you know, unlike a firm that's been around for 50 or 100 years, uh, we don't have that many purely homegrown attorneys. And that's going to change over time. So we've been molding or melding, is the word, cultures together from other firms. And that's, that's, that's challenging and it's been rewarding. to, But it's also good, right, because you... Hopefully, you're taking the best that they that people learned, that attorneys learned, or even our staff learned at other firms, and 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 adding it to the whole pie. It's got in in a way, I think about it like the United States, right? You're bringing together people from all kinds of different backgrounds and places, and you're you're hopefully getting a whole that's greater than the individual parts. What I think about is so there's an attorney, a partner who runs our corporate group now, Matt Brinker. He's one of the people who run our corporate group. When I, when I originally interviewed him, one of his first questions, and this must have been, we might have been eight or ten attorneys at the time, you would probably know better than mm-hmm. me. He goes, what's your corporate training program? And I go, well, Matt, the beauty about this firm is you can create it. Uh, and guess what? He did. Um, one of my frustrations, and I wish I would tell the younger people, and this is something actually whenever someone, sometimes people find other opportunities, and we have a very low turnover at our firm, but people do leave. And when I ever talk to Matt about when someone leaves, he always says, well, didn't they realize that they could have made that happen for themselves? And to my, to my point is, I wish the, the, the answer is no unless you ask in life. Yeah. So just I wish the younger people would say, can, can, is this possible more? Um, because we, lots of times we don't know. I need them to tell me this. And then we can make it possible. Most likely, we, most of the things that they want to be possible are possible. They are, and it's, it's hard to understand that because you know, we, were, we were in their shoes not very long ago. And I, you know, from personal experience, it's hard to see that, that you, you, you yeah. can if you take you know, a, a constructive approach and you know, you're being a team player, but you're trying to bring ideas to the table and you're doing it in a way that is trying to be helpful and contributing to the to the entire firm, uh, you know, you're going to get listened to. Now, we may not, like Roger said earlier, we may not implement everything, but 
And we may, and, and by the way, we, we may not implement it right away. And we might screw we, up we, some things too. We're yeah, human. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, vulnerability is a good yeah, one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah very. It's being authentic. Yeah. yeah. Guys, we've got about maybe 60 or 90 seconds to go here, so I want to really keep this brief and keep you on the clock here. But I just want to ask each of you one last thing. Same question for both of you. When you show up each day at work, whether you're in the office or not, what's the most important thing that you want to bring to your team? Well, I think about uh, inspiring by example, uh, trying to show the team this is how we think about things, this is how we do things, and, and I try to do it, do everything intentionally when I, you know, whenever I can. So, so I think life's about, I used to think about the destination a lot. Life's about the journey. And one thing I used to say a lot a couple of years ago was one of the unique traits of a firm is we're happy, we're fun, and we're awesome. Um, and that's why we're going to make a lot of money. But if we don't make a lot of money and we're still happy, fun, and awesome, I can live with that. You know, and I can happily live with that. So I think about that. And I notice some days I don't think, are we happy? Uh, are, we're not happy, fun, awesome. And then I want to change that. But I really, that's a driver of the heart of our firm. Yeah, that's great. Guys, unfortunately, we are out of time. It goes very quickly here on Behind the Numbers. But I want to thank you both for joining me today and having this great conversation. Thank you, thank David. You. You're awesome. It's a pleasure. Thank you for that. And thank you for watching and listening. We can't do this show without you. Please hit the subscribe button so you can stay in contact with all that we're up to. And I'm always open for a conversation. You can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. And be sure to check out Neil, Neil Cooper and Roger Braunfeld. Look for them on LinkedIn as well. That's all we have for today, folks. Until next time, we'll see you on Behind the Numbers. Take care.